actually mean to me. So we're going to start a series called New Creation Realities. Because the Word says that, when, that we are a new creation. That means you are something that has never been. The moment you decided to accept the salvation that, was, that you had already had, as long as you decided to make it yours, and, and the moment you decided to repent, everybody knows repentance is good, right? What does repentance mean? It's the word metanoia. It means to change your mind. The moment you decided to change your mind about who you were and who God has made you to be, there are things that took place in your life, and the Word says that you actually became a new creature. And so over the next three or four weeks, we're going to look at new creation realities, what we really are now as part of the new creation. And... Um, I hope it challenges you. I hope it scares you. I hope it makes you question everything. Uh, because if it doesn't do that for us, and before you decide to say, well, I just can't take that, I'm just going to throw it out, Galen, and I just, no, you know, let it, let, it, let it simmer a little bit. Let it get in you a little while. Uh, first thing I want to look at, folks, is how many of you know that without Christ, the Word says that we were left just to be ruled in sin? Had we not had the sacrifice of Christ, if, 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 if Christ wouldn't have been, now again, we're not going to get into when was Christ really sacrificed, because I can show you scriptures, it says from the foundation of the world. <laughs> so before Adam ever blew it, in God's mind, Christ had already been the sacrifice to cover that. But for our purposes, we're going from the cross. Without Christ in our life, we would have been left sin-ruled. We would have been held in bondage to unseen forces. And, and, and we were outsiders to God. But how many of you know but Christ? We are not sinners because of Christ, we're not sin-ruled. Because of Christ and because of the sacrifice of Christ, we are not left out. We are no longer outsiders. And so we have to come to, to the point where we understand who we are in Christ. If you will, let's go to Isaiah 64, I believe where we're going. Isaiah 6, no, not 64. Isaiah 6, verse 4. Isaiah 6, verse 4. Isaiah says here, says, but we are all like an unclean thing. For all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, are like filthy rags. And we all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Now, there's some interesting things in that. Will you back that up a little bit? My, who's back there today? Michael. Back that up, please. He says, all our righteousnesses. Do you notice that's a plural word? That word righteousnesses, it actually is a, a plural word that actually means every attempt you and I could do to make ourselves more right with God is like a dirty rag. He said, we couldn't make a, that's why we had to have Christ. That's why Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Because in and of ourselves, every attempt, that's why it's plural. My attempt to do righteousness this way is a dirty rag. And, 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 and just, to, 
just so you know what those filthy rags are, in case you haven't heard, those are actually used feminine hygiene products is what that's referring to. He said, so every attempt I have to make myself right with God was as useless as something that should be discarded and thrown away. Every time I try to do it. So I'm here to tell you, you don't, this struggle and this strife that the church has put people through to do this to make yourself right with God and do this to make yourself right with God and do this to make yourself right with God. The only thing you need to make yourself right with God is Jesus. There is no other efforts, there's no other strife, there's no other checkbox, check the rule, check the rule, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Because if it was left up to me to do it, then I have a works-based salvation. Then I really didn't, if I could do it in myself, then I really didn't need Jesus. If I could cut my hair the right way, come on. Not listen to the right music or the wrong music. If I could do all of these things, then I don't need Jesus because then I can make myself right with God. But the word says, Isaiah said that all my righteousnesses, every attempt that I could do to make myself right with God is a useless, dirty, filthy thing that should be discarded. And the only thing that you and I need and the only thing that we have already been given was Jesus. So he says that all of our righteousness... So we're going to talk about the recreated spirit today. What happened in you at the moment you accepted a free gift that God made available to every man? Not just a few. Not for those who do it right. <laughs> Not for those who have it all together. And wear nice jackets like Ted. <laughs> but for everyone, as long as they have the name that Amy was singing about earlier, go to Colossians chapter 1. We're talking about your recreated spirit today because you are not what you think you are. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 from the Passion Translation says this, Your hearts can soar with joyous gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy. You didn't make yourself worthy. You didn't make yourself right. <laughs> There's nothing you could have do. It was God and God alone that made you worthy. He said, and because God and God alone took all the effort off of you, now your heart can soar with joyous gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance that cost you everything. Some of you better read that. Some of you better read that again. The joyous... <laughs> The glorious inheritance, sorry, Michael, the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. So what is your job in this great salvation? 
Live in the light. Come over to the mindset of God. Come over to the mindset of Christ. Repent. Change your mind. Oh, come on. And when you decide to change your mind and realize that you're not just some sinner saved by grace, you can't be both. You can't be both. Can't be a sinner and saved. So when are we going to just finally come to the point where we say, I can't do this myself. I had nothing to do with this. Christ made me worthy and God freely gives the inheritance. All I have to do is change my mind. Amen. Come on. <laughs> um, verse 13. He has rescued us. How long? How, how well? Completely. Amen. You know what that means? That when you accepted this great salvation that had already been provided to you. He didn't leave you half in and half out. Well, there's a little of me over here that's righteous, but then there's this other part of me, eh, not so much. No, when Christ rescued you, he rescued you completely. Now, what your knucklehead decides to do <laughs> has nothing to do with Christ. That's you deciding to fight the nature that God has really created you to be. He said he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. So where are you now? You're in the kingdom realm. If we would just act like we're in the kingdom realm and understand that God has totally removed us out and put us over here. Our problem is we like to live as close to over here as we want. When God says, come up here, you know, he, he, on, on the Isle of Patmos, he told John the Revelator, John was here. God said, come up here. For I have a thing to show you. The call is still there for us today. He said, you can live down here on this earth realm, but I've already translated you into the kingdom realm, so why don't you just change your mind about the things you're doing, who you are, and whether you belong here or not, and come on over here and enjoy what your recreated spirit has made you to be. Amen. He said he has, <laughs> he has rescued us completely and has translated us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, verse, uh, verse 14. Oh, this, this just keeps getting gooder and gooder, Mark. For in the Son, that's you. Why? Because that's where God puts you. For in the Son, all our sins were canceled. Well, I know the sins that I've done in the past were canceled. But I can still go out here and do these other things. Yeah, you can. But you don't have to. You're not ruled by that. You're not under that thing's bondage anymore. Why? Because all sin has been canceled. Man, that ought to make some of you happy. Because some of you are still hanging around trying to figure out if you're worthy enough to be in God's presence because of the past that you've lived. 
or even the mess you've got yourself in right now. I'm here to tell you that you have been brought out of the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of the Son that He loves, and in this realm, Christ alone has wiped out and canceled all of your sins and has released redemption. Ah. And we have the redemption through His very blood. Are you starting to get the idea yet? That salvation had nothing to do with you. It's a free gift. Well, I don't deserve it. That's okay. Nobody said you had to. Yeah, but I've done this, this, and this, and this, but he don't, he's already canceled. See, we got to get to the point where we understand that the cross canceled sin. Oh, now wait a minute. I can sin if you want to, but you don't have to. Nobody can go without sinning. Yes, you can. Jesus came to be the example of who man actually was. Live a life without sin. I challenge you. Go ahead, do it. You can. <coughs> our problem is we've yet repented. We've never really changed our mind. We keep our mind in this world structure, in this world that says if anything good's going to happen to you, you're going to have to do all the right things, check all the right boxes, get up, work, do it hard, push hard, work hard. But your recreated spirit now resides in the kingdom realm of God where sin has been canceled and God has made you work. So we either we have to take the word for what it says that Christ made us worthy or else we just... Tear this page out. You know I'm going to tear your Bible out. No. <laughs> we just tear it out. Because the Word still says what it says. Oh, come on. Are you all okay? We have, he has released redemption through his very blood. Go to Colossians chapter, we're still in Colossians 1. Go to chapter 20, verse 21. Thank you. Even though you were once, say once. What's that mean? At one time, come say it again real loud, Tina. Don't have to do it anymore. For once, you were once distant from him. If I was once distant from him, that means I'm not distant from him now. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus being the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. But you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of what? Your evil. What does repentance mean? Change your mind. What's keeping us in a place of separation from God? The same thing that we thought we were separated from God before. It's our evil thoughts. Our mind. Uh -oh. are, you, are you okay? Even though you were once separated from him, living in the shadow of your own evil thoughts, which produces action, your thoughts will always produce action in your life. And actions. Oh, I love this. He reconnected you back to himself. Oh, somebody should be glorying right now. 
He said, one time you were over here because your evil thoughts and your thoughts brought on evil actions. He says, but I'll send Jesus that sacrifice from the foundation of the world and I will reconnect you back to myself where there is now no distance, no separation. There's nothing that keeps you from the very face in the throne of God. This is why Hebrews says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace because it's where we belong. Oh. Ah. He reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body. As the, everybody say the, sin payment. Jesus was the sin payment. Nothing else you do will pay. Well, I got to pay for my sins. I've got to. No, you don't. Man, if we really understood our recreated spirit, what Christ has really made us, Jesus became the So either Jesus' payment was enough or it wasn't. Okay? Uh, verse. Uh, we're still in verse 21 there, 22. Um, he released his supernatural peace. On your, okay, let's finish that one. Sorry, Michael. He, he reconnected himself back to you. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his body, of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. The whole purpose was to keep you in the presence of God. <clears throat> and there is nothing between you and Father God. For he sees you holy, flawless, and restored. This is your recreated spirit. When God looks at you, he sees you as holy, flawless, <laughs> and restored. That's why he looks at you, that he sees you holy, flawless. and So why in the world do you see yourself anything opposite than the way God sees you? Last time I checked, hang on to your seats, white knuckle them really hard. To think opposite of God, what do we usually call that? Heresy or sin. So if God sees me holy, flawless, and restored, for me to get a view of myself as anything other then the way he sees me is for me to have a mind that is opposite of God's. Amen. And when I have a mind that is opposite of God's, I need to repent and change my mind. Amen. Come on. <laughs> we were separated from God, but Christ made sure that that was taken care of. 
the lamb that was slain from the, do you realize that the, 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 the scripture also says in Ephesians that God chose you in him from the foundation of the world he already chose you to be in him well why don't people live this way I don't know that's what our job is Jeff give him the good news this is the good news this is the good news from the foundation of the world you were already picked by God from the foundation of the world sin was taken care of God had already made a plan So we can't be sinners saved by grace because that mindset, if God sees me holy, flawless, and restored, and I see myself as sinner, I see myself as opposite than the way God sees me. So then I need to repent, change my mind. See, we think the word repent means for, is for everybody out there who are not believers. They need a new creation, reality. Repentance means for us. You, you okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, my favorite scripture, the scripture that changed my life, Galen. When I slowed down and read this chapter for myself, I was never the same, Pastor Glenn. For if a man belongs to Christ, who belongs to Christ? So he's talking to you, right? So if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. You're not the same. Matter of fact, the, every, everything about you, once you repent and change your mind and come into this salvation, you are something that has never existed. In other words, the old you that did all the stupid stuff your old self did. Or is that just me? completely dead, gone. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you as that. For if a man belongs in Christ, he is a new person. The old life is gone. Everybody say, my old life's gone. We'll live like it, daggone it. Live like it. Enjoy life. The old life is gone. New life has begun. And all this comes from the things that you've done right and the things you quit listening to and the hair you cut and, and, and the tattoos you wanted to get and didn't get. And uh, <laughs> and you quit listening to country music because it's sad. And no, he said this whole new life comes from God. Had nothing to do with you. Oh, for he is the one who what? Brought us to himself when we hated him. When we hated him, he brought us to himself. Do you understand the magnitude of that? It's like when you want to pick up your kid and they're kicking and they're screaming, and no, 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 and you still pick them up. Glory. Who brought 
jealous to himself when we still hated him. He did this how? Through Christ, not you. Sure. And he gave us this work of bringing others to him. God, now here's the thing. This will might tear up some of your theology here. Is that the next verse on there, Michael? God was where? You need to understand this. God was in Christ. When? All the time. Makes you wonder how bad we've misinterpreted some scriptures, don't it? Because we read... A scripture where Jesus is actually quoting from the book of Psalms hanging on the cross. And we've somehow got it in our brains that God separated himself from Christ when Christ was on the cross. Because of the words, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? But Corinthians tells us exactly what's going on here. See, you, you got to understand what Jesus was doing on the cross was he was quoting one of the top psalms that, that they would repeat in their services in temple. It was Psalms uh, 22, <laughs> where the whole layout of, of, of the crucifixion day is repeated in prophecy. But if you read it and go on through it, it also says, but you didn't leave him. <laughs> I have to teach that one day, aren't I? God was in Christ. He was working through him to bring the whole world back to himself. Not just a few people, but the whole world brought back to himself. <coughs> and God no longer, uh-oh, now, if you want the King James Version, it says, for God no longer, what is it, imputed men's sins against them? Was it imputed? Somebody look it up. Huh? Imputing. This is what imputing means. God no longer ooh, held men's sins against them. This is your recreated spirit. Are y'all okay? I might get through all this, Steve. I'm trying. For God no longer held men's sins against them. For, man is, for God is not imputing men's sins. And he gave us the work of telling and showing men this. King James Version says he gave us the ministry of reconciliation of bringing others to this knowledge and this relationship in Christ. So when we get the thing, we got to realize that most of our religion, we have kept everyone more aware of their sin than we have of their righteousness. And Yeah. And what Holy Spirit told me this week that, that Ted threw up on, on Facebook 
was that the church is far more aware of past rebellion than of current righteousness. We're so adept at understanding the past rebellion of man than we are at understanding our current righteousness with God. 2 Peter chapter 1. This is why the new creation is so great. Well, listen, we just have to take the scripture, okay? It's good medicine. From the expanded Bible, he says, His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. King James says, if you have been already been given everything needed for life and God, I just want to live a more godly life. That's like saying, I want to be more Brent than, than I am. He said, God has already put in you everything you need for life and godliness. You're not going to make yourself more godly. You're not going to make yourself more righteous. Because if you can, then you no longer need Jesus. Oh, man, y'all are quiet today. Messages should make us shout, Scott. Should. <laughs> ah, glory. We have these things because as we better come to know Jesus... Where's where's this knowledge happening? It's a changing of the mind. As we better come to know Jesus who has called us by his glory and goodness. Verse 4, and though these he gave us, oh sorry, through these he gave us the very great and precious promises so that with these gifts you can partake and participate That you are partakers of what? The divine nature. Through Christ, he has made you a partaker of the very nature of God. And when I see myself differently, I see myself opposite of what God has seen. I'm operating in a different mindset than what God operates in. And that's called sin. And that means I need to repent. (laughs) You are partakers of the divine nature. And the world will not run you with its evil, ruin you with its evil desires. Now, here's where most people say, well, you're saying I can go out here and just do anything I want to see. If you can go back in any of this message and find any place where I said that. Because I've been made right with Christ, does it give me, because this is what everybody loves to tell you, well, it gives you a license to sin. Man, I don't, You don't need a license. If I could give that out, I'd be a rich man. (laughs) Sign up, we'll put a stamp. Go, do what you want. But because when I realize this, it causes in me a desire not to. 
I don't want to put anything between my place and my place with him. And so what happens, ooh, this is, this is not good for me. So I repent. Oh, this is not good for me. It's causing me to think of myself somewhere different. And I keep going. And I keep moving over here into the glory. I am moved. So it's not an excuse to sin. It's a way to not sin. He's given me a way not to sin. Oh, glory. The problem is we refuse to be aware of it. We need to remind ourselves that we are children of God. God sees you the same way he saw Jesus. We need to see ourselves as partakers of the divine nature. Now, does this mean that we don't have some things in our lives to fix? I got a lot of stuff in my life to fix. There's a lot of attitudes in me that need to come out. <laughs> Just like there is in Tanya. Y'all should learn if you smile at me, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Romans chapter 3. See, when we become convinced of this, it will totally change the way we act. We want to, to, to behavior modification, behavior modification, behavior modification. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. How about I tell you why you don't have to do that? Or else I'm the child standing in front of a parent who says sit down and I sit down, but I'm looking them in the eye and saying, I may be sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. <laughs> but when I change my mind, I realize, oh, I don't want to do that because it's more fun over here. Romans chapter 3, but now, independently of the law, true glory, the righteousness of God is what? Tangible. I love how the passion puts stuff. And brought to the light through Jesus Christ, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness. Peter says you are partakers of the divine nature. It is God's righteousness made visible through what? The faithfulness of Jesus, not the faithfulness of you. <laughs> Where did this righteous come, righteousness come from? Because Jesus was faithful. Because if he was left up to me to be faithful, Brent, <laughs> nope. Come on. And now all who believe him receive that gift. For there is really no difference between us. Now here's a scripture that we try to use for unbelievers and it's not written to unbelievers. Right? This was written to the church at Rome. This wasn't written to unbelievers. But we sure use it for it. Verse 23. For we all have sinned and in need of the glory of God. If you want the King James Version, 
for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we see, see, everybody, 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 everybody. And you know what that shows me? That people don't take time to read the text in context. Uh oh What do you mean? Because you need to read verse 24. For we all have sinned and indeed of God's glory yet. That means it's not over with verse 23. <laughs> Ooh, glory. Verse 23 wasn't the end of that. Well, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but there's a big giant but that comes behind that. Yet, through the powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. For all, <laughs> and we try to win people over. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but... God has freely given you righteousness. If you want to just go ahead and say, okay, it's mine, change my mind. Come on, this was a... He gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us. Oh man, if we would just read the next verse after 23. His love cascades over us all because Jesus. The end all of end alls. All because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from guilt, punishment, and what? The power of sin. Sin does not have power over you. Jesus' God-given destiny was to be a sacrifice to take away sins, and now he is our mercy seat. Because of his death on the cross, we come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice. Because until now, he had been so patient, holding back his justice out of his tolerance for us, so he covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. See, what did he do? He says, here, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cover their sins. Yeah. But once Jesus sacrificed, he paid the sin debt. Yeah. Paid the sin debt. Verse 29. So when the seasons of tolerance had come to an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy. <laughs> He's going to be true to both justice and mercy. To offer up his own son. So now because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. This is your recreated spirit. 
So why in the world would you want to live any other way? Why would you see yourself anyway? I love verse 27. Where then is there room for boasting? Where can you brag about this? You can't because you had nothing to do with it. Where there is there room for boasting? Do our works bring God's acceptance? Not at all. It was not our works of keeping the law, but our faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. He made salvation so easy. Last scripture, we're going to go to lunch. Romans chapter 5. Well, I don't know if I like all these scriptures. That's okay. They're still there. (laughs) But Christ proved his passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. King James says, for God put his love on the line for us by dying for us while we were still sinners. See, he didn't even wait for you to get yourself right before he made sure the price was paid. Oh, glory. Verse 9. And there is still more, so, still much more to say of his unfailing love for us Through the blood of Jesus, nothing of my own, nothing I did right, nothing I didn't do, I withheld myself from doing, through the blood of Jesus. We have heard the power of declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you you get who's the star here, right? (laughs) Well, y'all don't really preach about Jesus. It's all about him. He's the star. Through the powerful declaration, you are righteous in my sight. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. This is greater than being a friend of God. And I really like that song too, so I'm not putting that song down. Something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? Sin doesn't have anything on you. Then why do I keep doing it? I don't know. Why do you keep doing it? Stop. Well, I just can't control myself. Yes, you can. You may not want to. It may feel good. Come on. Verse 11. 
And even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God because of everything I've done right in my life. All because of Jesus. The greatest new creation reality is that your whole spirit, your whole being was recreated and formed within the righteousness and the divine nature of God himself. And he now sees you holy, flawless, and totally restored. My goodness, folks. This is, Pastor Ted's teaching on the, 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 the power of Christianity. And I'm, and I'm jumping right on these coattails. But this is our new creation. This is a reality, Kevin. This is a reality. This is not something we're trying to do. We're striving to do. This is a reality now. And for you to see yourself anywhere else is to have a mind that's opposite than God. So repent. Come on over to the happy side. You say, how can you say that? Because he says there is triumphant, whoa, there is triumphant joy. This is triumphant joy. Christianity should be the smile on the, your jaw should hurt you smile so much. And it's not hard not to sin because I'd rather be over here than, 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 than that thing. When we enjoy our salvation as much as we do our sinning, oh my goodness, what a change in your life. Our problem is we've just not been taught to enjoy salvation. We've been saved as a get-out-of-hell-free card. Like, whew, missed it. It was never about that. It was always about relationship with the one who created you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you, oh my God. I thank you for the joy of salvation. I thank you, Father, that it changes us and molds us and has made us into your image, that the moment we became a new creature, it was more than just me deciding I wasn't going to do the stupidity of my life anymore, but you changed me into something that I have never, ever been before. And that new mindset resides in me now and forever. And so, Father, help us to continue to remember the mindset of Christ in all that we say, in all that we do, in all that we think. And it will cause us not to fall into the junk we've fallen into. In Jesus' name. Amen.